Hera. This was a mistake. I think as loud as I can over the music and the loud drunk people. I am not drunk. I am standing nervously at the bar, perfectly comfortable, as elsewhere people trample each other to get to the front. I walked in and they just parted for me, almost jumping back as if by static electricity, something about my presence repelling them. They made way for me as I approached the large black sticky granite. The bartender rushed over to me, some guy in his 60s. That isn't old because everyone here is older than me like it used to be before Rhea was born. I forgot how unnerving that was. I tried to think of something to order, but froze. I felt everyone's eyes on me. Can't do beer because I don't like it. Can't do wine because, of course, Hera would order wine at a dive bar. Can't do any hard alcohol because then everyone would just think I was self-medicating, numbing my suffering because Apollo is gone. I scan the bottles behind the bar like one of them will speak to me. Champagne. I hear just a few inches from my ear. I turn suddenly, shocked to find anyone so close. Shocked to find him so close. He's broad, with messy hair. Maybe shorter than me, but too close to tell. His eyes are light, set in a round face. Bushy, friendly eyebrows. Cinnamon-colored scruff dusting the lower half of his face. Hair the same color, but streaked with gray in some places. He must be... maybe Rebecca's batch. Whenever I don't know what to order, I go for champagne, he says. Why? I like to celebrate my own indecisiveness. He smiles a big, crooked grin and I feel a lurch in my stomach I haven't felt in a really, really long time. For a second, I'm worried I'm going to throw up. Excuse me? Two champagnes, please? The man next to me nods, appreciatively. Wow, you're going to drink two on your own? I'm immediately embarrassed. Oh, are you? I stutter as the bartender slides two tall, Maybe not clean flutes over to us? I'm kidding. I will help. He says, taking one, raising it. Cheers. I raise my own glass, grace his. Even in the loud bar, I can hear the clink they create like a warning shot. It's good to see you again. Ah, fuck. We've met. Of course we've met. Everyone has met, I think. You've been a little busier than I have. That is the easiest way to describe my life. Well, you stood out even when we were kids. Oh no, we are from the same gen. Hephaestus? He says, smiling, putting me out of my misery. Oh my god, Hep! He nods. I didn't recognize you. Your hair is... Uh, you're bigger. And, you know, I'm very rude. He laughs, which makes me feel a little better about not recognizing someone I grew up with. Someone I had government-mandated sex with. Where have you been? Um, do you remember Ishmael Brown? The, uh, really boring guy who was always talking about dams. Hep says. 
civil engineer. I say, same thing. Well, after I got marked non-viable, I followed him to some projects north. What could you possibly have found interesting about the Great Lakes? I say, allowing myself to relax a little. Wasn't the lakes I was interested in. He says, smiling while I redden, feeling unbelievably stupid. Hera, you heteronormative idiot. Boring, but hey, less murder mysteries and train mutinies. He says, And now my embarrassment is eclipsed by an unexpected pang of guilt and confusion because of the guilt that comes with the mention of the train. Like you said, I've been busy. I take a huge swig of champagne. I didn't know you hung out in places like this. Well, since Rhea's taken a break, I figure I better help cover their losses. The chaperone life. Only kind of. I mean, the whole system has changed. Charon is with Persephone. Talk is with Clark. I'm kinda with Rhea. I say. Apollo is out west. Hep says. Yeah. I say, after a beat. Always shocked by how easily everyone believed the lie. How much I like to believe it, too. He isn't dead, petrified by ice and snow. No, he's just out west, working with groups there as they form new treatments. He's a great subject. Oldest viable man left. So healthy. I choke the lie down like medicine. It burns, and I never feel better so much as part of me knows the sickness won't be satiated for long. Sorry, Hep says, leaning in. You probably miss him. I finish my glass. I don't, I blurt out. I don't miss him. He stares at me for a beat. Smiles. Thank God. Don't tell anyone. Or do. I don't care. I say, hoping he cannot tell how very much I care. He sucked. He did! Like, he really sucked. He's acted like he owned you since we were 12. Can I get you another one? He asks as his hand skims mine. You know, I'm not really looking to be owned again. Who said anything about that? I'm just here for a totally fun, meaningless night or doing absolutely anything. You just can't talk about infrastructure. Can I uh, get you anything else, Hera? The bartender says. Hep turns to me, raises his eyebrows. I hesitate, unable to tell if I'm ready to do this, if I'll ever be ready. But if not now, when? It's been a year, I, I deserve to have some fucking fun. But what if I'm, fuck it. You can't talk about Apollo. Deal, he says. Champagne, at my place, I say, celebrating my indecisiveness. The coolness of that moment wears off almost immediately. I find myself sitting comically far away from him in the cramped interior of the car, walking three steps ahead of him up my stairs. My hands shake. I'm nervous. Please let Rhea be asleep. Hey, Hera. I turn around as we reach the security detail at the top of the stairs. Hera, just say the word, and I'm gone. The word is concrete embankment. 
that's two words. I say, entering the house, he follows. It's dark, but there is a distinct, yep. Eros is asleep, dirty sneakers dangling off the couch. I bring a finger to my lips. Hep gives me an okay sign. We creep up the stairs. I feel him somewhere behind me in my electrical field. It makes my heart pound in my chest. We get to my room. I quickly close the door behind me. Uh, Hep says, and I realize a second later, fuck, the champagne is in the kitchen. That's fine, that's fine. Would have been really hard to open it quietly anyway. Eros, yeah, he's here. I noticed. A lot. He's here a lot. Are he and Rhea... No, no. Um, They're just like the world's weirdest friends. She doesn't feel that way about him anymore. I haven't been in here. I haven't been in any of the chaperone's rooms in the bricks. He says. Have you been in any of the fives? He laughs, shakes his head. Well, see one, seen them all. <laughs> or, well, this, this is how the room came. I never changed anything. Never? No, it all seemed fine. Hera, come on, it's been over 10 years. Think of all the ghosts hiding in here. Well, our decor budget's been slashed. Lucky for the ghosts. We gotta do something. His big brown eyes scan the room quickly under his brows. In the light grays and greens of my room, his skin looks tan and dark. I bet you can see the sunset from bed if he shifted this way, he says, striding over the bedside. He lifts experimentally. I am usually out of bed by the time the sun sets. Then you're not doing it right, he says, comically stone-faced. He nods toward the bed. I relent cross and lift the other side. We shuffle non-sexily to the place by the window. Lower it. Now we just have to move the dresser. And then from somewhere else in the house I hear it, the monitor. Adam is crying. Rhea, I say, can handle it. Besides this, this is an emergency. You can't access your underwear drawer. He says, gesturing to a drawer being hindered by the bed's new placement. I pause, think, this isn't the first time she's been summoned to feed Adam in the middle of the night, and it definitely wouldn't be the last. If I could go instead of her, I would, in a second, but they'll make her go anyway. There's another thud as Hep tries to move the heavy dresser on his own. I leap over to him. We should still be quiet. Then you better help. We move the dresser, which means we have to move an end table, the other end table, a standing lamp, a shoe rack, the rug. It's an hour before we're done. Is that everything? I sigh finally, surveying the room. I think we should try moving the bed back. Are you, but he isn't serious. He's smirking. The room looks well, different. Not transformed, but changed. The furniture has still played audience to everything that's happened to me here, but now they're looking at me from a different angle. What do you think? Hep says. 
wiping a little bit of sweat from his forehead with the sleeve of his t-shirt, exposing his thick bicep. I pull him to me and kiss him. He takes me in his arms, pushes me back onto the bed. Change is good. Persephone. I read that babies should listen to Mozart, so they're smarter. And trust me, my baby is going to be smart. Not that she's much competition, I think. Looking over at Adam, colicky in Rhea's arms. I know he is three months younger than P, but still, I'm pretty sure she was much more vocal. Well, they do say girls mature faster than boys. At every age... I think, looking over at Eros, draped on the couch, long arms hanging off one end, feet off the other, no pants. P is in my arms. I slip out of our little fish tank and into Adam's. You guys having a very slow, very lame dance party, she says in reference to the music. Classical music is good for their brains. You want me to play it for him? Nah. Gonna throw on some hollow notes. Want him to grow up with a sick mustache. I laugh. Shake my head. Rhea is skinnier. Heavier bags under her eyes. She's miserable. But she's still funny. How are you doing? I say softly. Same. He's going to start sleeping more. Three month mark. She shrugs. Stares at P. She looks like you, she says softly. And she does, I think. Big eyes, thick, dark hair, short and soft. None of the Stonehenge-like features of Dion's face. What are you doing up this early? I come here first every day. Need to make sure she hasn't turned into a giant overnight. Who knows, she could still end up as big as him, as long as that's after. I stop carrying her. Besides, big day. Tuesday? It's Thursday, and also I am officially 26 weeks out. 26 weeks out, that is, from giving birth. The doctors kept telling me that the pregnancy was hard on my body, but besides that spotting on the train and then some abnormal placental hormones, the nine months were a breeze. Really, I loved it, even while on bed rest, which really isn't a big deal. Everyone overreacted to everything. They had no one to compare to. I don't know, dude. I couldn't imagine going through it all over again. It's not about going through it. It's about being a part of... I know, I know, but Purse, you don't need to do anything for anyone. Look at yourself. You're like the fucking Madonna. No one would flinch if you ate your baby. I tense up. Defensive, but trying not to react because I know Rhea is having a bad morning. I hold P close to my chest. 
Feel her soft, dark hair under my chin, her tiny pillow-like hands. The cesarean scar burns under my shirt. How long have you guys been here? Couple of hours, since about four. How's everything going with him? He's pooped like three times. I meant Eros. Me too, she says, turning to Er, who we'd probably be able to hear snore if it wasn't for the glass. He's fine. The whole showing up to my house thing is becoming more regular. Char needs to either stop drinking with him or start sleeping with him. In a platonic way, or whatever. I watch her as she watches his chest rise and fall. I can't believe you're excited to cough again. Rhea, I'm not. In fact, I have some ideas. No one was conceived by coughing, right? These were both love matches. Rhea snorts. You know what I mean. I'm just saying we could reform the system. Still sounds like I'm going to have to fuck one of them. Wait, so Eros is climbing into your bed every night and you two aren't? He is falling onto the couch where he sleeps alone. Doubt it, I think. But don't say because, you know, I'm cool now. Well, Clark, I say, doesn't have a whole lot to say to me, does he? I let that sit. She isn't wrong, but she isn't totally right. We've become close, he and I. We just understand each other. The loneliness he grew up with, the way people lied and mistreated him, I get it. It's easy to slip back into that place, to shy away from the crowds. Mistrust anyone who wants to get close to you. It's nice to have someone I don't need to explain that stuff to. Wait. Who are you having sex with? No one. What do you think about when you masturbate? Sleeping. I shake my head, trying not to laugh because both Adam and P are now asleep. Rhea lowers him into his crib, backs up slowly as if from a ticking time bomb. I'm only hooking up with anyone on days that begin with the letter T. Persephone scheduling hookups. Scary. Scheduling the nights and the people, I think. Not that that hasn't been a logistical nightmare. You know what it's like to meet someone, catch their eye over the shoulder of one of your five security guards, make your way across the room, let your fingertips graze his or her arm, lean into their ear, spread your lips and whisper, have you ever been apprehended by a government agent for trafficking materials considered illegal or harmful? Yes, I've memorized the background check. Good morning, Hera says brightly, sliding the glass door open. I hand over P. I'm sure it has been, Rhea says weirdly. Hera swivels her head to Rhea, bites her lip, cocks her head, before turning back to the baby. And good morning to you, sweet pea. I love watching Hera with them. She just radiates warmth. Dude, I need breakfast. No can do, gang. Got a meeting with Rebecca, Char says. 
leaning in the doorframe, gleaming in leather ankle boots, dark jeans, and a short sleeve shirt. Gray vertical stripes cut asymmetrically into alabaster silk. Chaperone Char would not be caught dead in mesh shorts or an athletic tank top. Hera rolls her eyes, places P back in her crib. I lean over. I'll see you later, baby. And I delicately turn up the volume of the Mozart. Do we need... I say to the rest of the group, gesturing at the still-sleeping arrows. Char shakes his head. We tiptoe out of the room, leaving the guards and the nurses the only awake adults in the nest. Although, I'm not sure I'd consider Eros an adult even if he was awake. All the nights he spent cuddled up to my back, his tears tangling in my hair. It has been kind of nice to see him, I don't know, more like himself. Adam and P have helped, I think. Let him redirect his energy from the past to the future. I must kill him then after all the sex they had. Clark gets lucky on his first try. It would be sad if it wasn't so funny. <laughs> Officer all yours, Rhea says to a lead doctor in the hall. Offs. Short for offspring. Yes, Rhea's nickname for the babies. Not that she's ever referred to them as those. No, instead, she's determined to look at them a little more clinically, like how Black always called us units. I don't know if she's made that connection, or if that's exactly why she's doing it. We follow Shar and Hera down the hall, and then up a flight of stairs to where we can catch the least subterranean elevator. Rhea leans very close into Hera, inspecting her. Hera, without making eye contact, swats her away. Sacred sister nonsense, as per usual. We get out on Rebecca's floor, approach her office. Two armed guards pat us down. Pat us down. Us, harbingers of the new generation. Most important vessels sent since fucking Noah's Ark, and she's making us get patted down. Rude. Paranoid. Tacky. Char grunts as a metal wand gets waved over his groin. We enter Rebecca's office, given a complete minimalist makeover in the past year. Gone is all of Black's playing at masculine traditionalism. Sun gleams off the white marble slab, supported by two silver triangles that serves as her desk. There's almost nothing else in the room. All of Black's books and busts sent to whatever far corner of the country she herself has been. Our success has erased their past mistakes. We have been given a fresh start. A fresh start in the way life returned to Chernobyl, hobbled by aberration on a cellular level. Persephone. Rhea. Rebecca croons, standing and pulling each of us into her skeletal embrace. She takes Hera and then Char's hands in a bony clasp. Hera and Char, your presence actually isn't required. Please proceed to the yoke. But our meeting isn't for 20 minutes, Char says. Well, 
I'm hoping that if you leave early, people might for once be on time for a meeting. I don't, Hera says, baby glow gone and replaced with suspicion. We're just going to discuss their birthday party. Hera, please know if anything goes wrong, I will not hesitate to punch her in the fucking face. Rhea says. At that, Hera is satisfied. She and Char leave. Can I get you anything? All right, then. I suppose you had another late night, Rhea. And Persephone, I see that Eve is now able to roll onto her stomach. Very exciting. Oh, you didn't really think they were going to let us name our own children, did you? No. Much like every other aspect of our days, Rebecca has seized upon their names as another PR opportunity. Adam and Eve. A nod to the generation of the president whose hard work won us this victory. Talk about tacky. Let's get to it, I say flatly. Rebecca blinks and turns to Rhea. Rhea, do you know what today is? Tuesday. It's Thursday, and also another more notable occasion. Adam is three months old. And I didn't even bring him a cake. No wonder he was so pissed at me. I spoke to Dr. Abraham, and he says you are officially ready to return to your MIUC sessions. I'm afraid to turn to Rhea, afraid to see her face right now. It's very exciting. We're all really thrilled to build on our recent success. I can't, Rhea says. Just above a whisper, all the color has drained from her face and her hands are shaking. Rhea, we've been extremely cautious. We gave you an extra cushion of time because we care about your longevity. Rebecca, you know, since I'm also ready to start attempts again, maybe Rhea can be given a longer... Oh, my goodness, Rebecca says... Persephone, I totally forgot. Dr. A and I also discussed you. She leans forward, places a cold hand on my knee. You just aren't ready. And as Hamlet says, the readiness is all. You know everyone dies in that scene, right? Rhea says, voice trembling with rage. In the silence, a clock chimes on the desk. Look at that! Meeting time! Rebecca stands, pats Rhea, deflated in somewhere else entirely. Oh, I wouldn't worry. Persephone will be here, and she is so maternal. Rebecca says, all but winking, as she sashays out of the room. Where the fuck is... Here's Clark. Sorry, bud. We gotta do it again. The photographer says, 
The first time I was too quiet, the second time I was too loud, and the third time the baby started crying. And the fourth time the camera was out of focus. The fifth time the baby was still crying. So the sixth time was... You said the wrong name. Oh, for God's sakes. I grunt, pulling at my overly casual t-shirt, trying to get some air onto my skin under the hot lights. I don't know where there needs to be videos of us at the party. Uh, we'll be right there. I take a deep breath, nod to the crew, because let's face it, this isn't really their fault. I'm sure they'd rather be doing anything else. Sorry, Clark. We gotta keep rolling. We can't keep Adam and Eve out this. No, yeah. I understand. I step back behind the large, false wall. Put on my happy face again. My cheeks are starting to cramp. Anyway. He's Triton. I say, scooping up Adam from where he sits on a white shaggy rug in a spotless white onesie. He looks at me. I look at him. He pukes. I get it. A few moments later, when I'm towning off, Adam is being carted back to the nest, escorted by eight armed guards. Good bonding time, I think. Hey, wait. Can I, like, spend another few minutes with him outside of a, f a flipping lab? A guard says. Uh, sorry, Triton. President Gold has very specific... Ah, right. Yeah course. Don't worry, pal. Soon we make the rules. No need to look so upset. Talk says, clapping me on the back as he approaches. How can you... I can smell the puke. Shar. Man, you ever just step back and realize you're fucking killing it? I run a hand through my hair. A little longer than I used to wear it, but hey, when you live with someone with as many conditioners as Persephone, I can resist growing it out. I'm just a step or two behind Hera, whose hair is noticeably kind of fucked up. Which is weird for somebody who... Wait. What? Who did you spend last night with? And Hera immediately turns stop sign red. Uh, Char, I'm an adult woman. Expand on the adult. Char, she says, entering the elevator. Hera, please, we never get to do this. I made a new friend. And his name? Hers? Be still, my beating. His. Fine, I'll take it. Is this the first person since... Yes. I clap hard enough to shake the elevator. She's back. She is back. I don't know if I was ever wherever you are. I bark a laugh. Yeah, has been a busy year. I tell you, the way people have been trying to fuck me, they think that I can get them pregnant. Besides, since Rebecca knows I'm not actually viable, I don't need to jump through all these hoops of security clearances. Not as tricky as you might think to keep up the charade. They just believe that they're breaking some rule. Flirting with exposure drives Rebecca nuts. Not that she can do anything. Rhea's stun has forced us into a truce. This may be damn near untouchable. 
I didn't realize last year, even before then, how much easier everything would be if I just let my friends help me. And I helped them too. Ray is having a really fucking rough time. Having to do all the publicity with me and not sulky or scary spice, it's easier. Persephone, on the other hand, is rocking this motherhood bullshit. She's also a surprisingly good roommate. Or, a ward. But really, come on, I... I think she does as much protecting, educating, and serving as I do. Especially when it comes to face masks. I mean, have you tried face masks? She's confident and self-assured in a way that I've never seen her. We come home from a long day of media blitz and just have a glass of wine. She's stressed about her body or whatever, but she's about to get cleared again and she is so, so excited. Are you going to see him again? I say. Yeah, I think I am. No, no, Hera, come on! What? According to a recent polling, you and I are the best looking people on the planet. What poll was that? Um, one taken by me and only me. Look, you gorgeous, nice girl. Do you feel that? The elevator stopped? The winds of change, I say as the doors slide open. For the first time in four generations, people are excited again. Babies, hope. They want to celebrate by fucking. Sean, have you seriously never even entertained the idea of a relationship? Last time I slept with someone more than three times, he introduced me to the void, so... That is statistically not going to happen again. Well, now I associate monogamy with Rebecca. You bone dry down there now? Oh my god, don't talk to or about my vagina ever again, she says. I throw an arm around Hera as we walk out of the elevator towards the yoke. I'm going to need details. He helped me move furniture. Andy. Can we stop talking about this now? I'm just happy for you and your velvet glove. We are not calling it that. What if we just call it Cookie? Sharam. We already talking about dessert? Talk, who wouldn't be able to pin the right thing to say on a donkey, approaches. Yeah, dude. Hera is starved. Hera shoves me. I bite my lip to keep from laughing. The elevator doors slide open again. Hera freezes. Oh. Hi. Hera says to the shaggy, tan man who steps out. He stands, and I recognize him. My heart stops. What are you doing here? Eris's new chaperone. Hi, Char, right? I'm Hep. He sticks out his hand and I mechanically take it. I feel like I'm shaking hands with a ghost. Eris's new chaperone? I ask, trying to cover up how shell-shocked I am. You didn't mention that last night, Hera says. I turn ever so slightly to Hera, and I see how starry her eyes have gone. The light blush that's risen in her high cheekbones. Oh, fuck. Ah, have we all met Hephaestus? Rebecca says, gliding towards us. And I nod, because I know Rebecca has. After all. Hep introduced us. <laughs>